Hello and welcome to Dragon Bites, the paediatric podcast aimed at paediatric trainees or anyone interested in child health. I'm Asim, one of the presenters for Dragon Bites and one of the trainees here in Wales. This week we continue our cardiology series that we started with Professor Orhan Uzun, paediatric and fetal cardiologist at the University Hospital of Wales. We were part way through our series on left to right shunt and we have one final topic to talk about, atrioventricular septal defects. So we're going to start now with our first part of this final topic. Anyway, let's get started. Good afternoon, Asim. <laughs> afternoon, Professor Uzi. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good, very well indeed, thank you. So what we're we talking about today? Well, it's uh, the last episode of our series um, of lectures we've had on left to right shunts. Brilliant. Today's topic, as far as I can remember, it is um, complete atrioventricular septal defect. That's right. Or AV canal defect, old fashioned endocardial cushion defect. Yeah. Whatever you like. <laughs> Complete atrioventricular septal defect is right to left as well as left to right shunt. Mm. It's not just um, in one direction. Depends on the type of it mm. because AV septal defect could be partial, transitional, or complete. Right. We talked about the transitional. Mm. We talked about the partial, prime SD. Those are usually left to right shunt. But the complete AV septal defect will give you bidirectional shunting. Wow. Because pressures will be equal, depending on the size of the VSD, of course. Mm. If the VSD is not big, restrictive, then the shunt will be primarily left to right. Mm -hmm. Does it confuse you or does it make it clearer in your mind? Uh, no, no, it does make it. Uh, it makes very many things clear. I suppose my first question from a very basic level would be when we're talking about AVSDs, how would I, how should I be mentally picturing it? Are we talking about perhaps Wonderful. two septal defects? Or are we talking about a singular septal defect that crosses all four chambers? Very valid question. Atrioventricular septal defect is not a disease of septum of the ventricle or septum of the atrium. Mm. This is also a condition affects atrioventricular valves, mm. both mitral and tricuspid valves, as well as the lower portion of the atrial septum and upper portion of the ventricular septum would be included in this condition. Mm. So that's why we call it AV canal or atrioventricular septal defect. Yeah. So how are you going to picture it? Think of a glass, a pair of glasses. Okay. A pair of glasses with a bridge held together and you put that bridge, metal bridge, on your nose. Mm -hmm. Your nose is the septum mm -hmm. and those two rings are the mitral and tricuspid valves. Mm -hmm. So that's the normality. Mm -hmm. In a receptal defect, imagine that you lost the ring and those rings two separate rings opened up and joined together wow. instead of having two separate AV valves you got one common valve wow okay and you lost that metal bit um, holding the glass a pair of glasses on top of your nose that's really helpful as an image I can picture that very clearly 
so uh, that's that's how I remembered and how I learned. Mm. I thought it might help our <laughs> listeners to um, have this analogy mm. and to remember it easier. Yeah. Um, why does this happen? Because AV valves and the septum develop from endocardial cushions. And endocardial cushions in this particular abnormality fail to fuse and fail to separate atrioventricular septum as well as fail to form left and right inlet valves. Mm. And that is the cause. Normally, mitral valve has two pieces, anterior and posterior leaflets, or mural and septal leaflets. Mm -hmm. Not so septal, but we probably should call it anterior leaflet. There is no such thing septal leaflet and the mural leaflet. Second one is right inlet valve, tricuspid valve, has three components. Anterior superior leaflet, posterior inferior, or septal leaflet. So three on the right and two on the left. Mm -hmm. But in a septal defect, what happens? You have two shared valves. Mm -hmm. One of them is called superior bridging leaflet, which is shared by the left and right inlet valves. Mm -hmm. We don't call them mitral and tricuspid valve anymore because they don't have the feature of mitral and tricuspid valve mm. and the inferior bridging leaflet. So imagine um, wings, two separate wings, one superior located, the other one inferior located. They are sitting, those two bridging leaflets sitting between the atrial septum and the ventricular septum with a gap above and below these wings. Yeah. So there's airspace above the wing, airspace below the wing. Above the wing is called primum ASD, mm -hmm. and below the wing we call it inlet VSD. Wow. Does it make it simple to understand? Yeah. Easy yeah. to understand? Very, very clear to understand. So where we would normally have the, the, the septums meeting um, towards the center of the heart and we'd normally have in a sort of more horizontal plane we would have another bridging area and then the separate mitral and tricuspid valves we no longer have this bridging area and we no longer have this meeting in the center of the heart instead we've got a primum ASD a primum VSD and then inlet VSD an inlet VSD you're trying me yeah I'm trying I'm trying on me and then awake <laughs> and then um, the mitral and tricuspid valves no longer really exist because you just have a single valve with two leaflets a superior and inferior one yes. these are the shared ones mm. in addition to those two shared so-called bridging leaflets we have also a component belongs to the left inlet valve. Mm -hmm. We call that mural leaflet or posterior mitral leaflet. Mm -hmm. That is solely part of left ventricle. Mm -hmm. And on the right, we have tricuspid valve. Um, but for this abnormality, we call it right inlet valve and has two uh, separate pieces. One of them is superior, 
and the other one is uh, what we call superior anterior, the other one is posterior tricuspid or right inlet valve. Mm -hmm. We should call it correctly right inlet valve. Yeah. And that's very, very important to remember. So what we have, if you think of right-sided inlet valve in normal heart has three components, superior, inferior, and septal. But in this scenario has superior bridging, inferior bridging, anterior, and posterior leaflets. Mm -hmm. So it has four components, mm -hmm. four pieces instead of three. Wow. And the left-sided inlet valve has half of the superior bridging, half of the inferior bridging, not exactly half, but some of it. Mm. And then it has posterior uh, left inlet valve. So three pieces, mm -hmm. so tri-48. Yeah. The other one is quadri-48. So there are four pieces on the right, three pieces on the left. So inlet valves, instead of having five components, two on the left, three on the right. In aviceptal defect, it becomes four on the right, three on the left. Mm -hmm. So they turn into seven pieces, mm -hmm. containing seven pieces inlet valves. Over 90% of these patients will have leaky valves mm -hmm. because those valves will not co-opt, will not meet tightly in the middle mm -hmm. and will not be able to keep blood inside the right and left ventricle and prevent those um, valves leaking back into atrium. Mm -hmm. So majority of these patients would have leak. And the leak regurgitation, both medical terms, will be responsible for some of the physical findings as well as clinical signs. So that's what you need to remember. Abnormal valves, abnormal closure, mm -hmm. as a result, leak. Mm -hmm. AV septal defect may also present with perfectly well-formed right and left vent ventricles and left and right inlet valve orifices. Mm. Or one of the chamber of the valve or the valve belongs to that chamber may be too small. They may not have been shared equally. So we call that unbalanced AV septal defect. Mm -hmm. That is not good news. So those babies uh, do tend to have more problems and do require different and um, multiple operations compared to straightforward AV septal defect where you can achieve total repair. Mm -hmm. So that's the very important point for you to remember. Yeah. Other inlet valves on the right and left, pretty much equal sized. Other chambers on the right and left left and right ventricles, do they have the same diameters and same volumes? Pretty much. Mm -hmm. And that is good news. AV septal defect uh, has the commonest association with trisomy 21. Mm -hmm. Roughly between 40 and 50% of AV septal defect patients will have trisomy 21. Mm -hmm. The reverse is true. About 40 to 50% of trisomy 21 patients will have a receptor effect. Right. So hence, quite a significant association, mm -hmm. and it must be remembered when we have a child. Of course, patients with trisomy 13 and 18 also can have similar um, abnormality mm -hmm. in the form of a receptor effect. 
and other genetic pathologies can occur with them. Mm. An AV septal defect may be an isolated, um, maybe an isolated abnormality, or may be associated with more complex cardiac pathologies, mm. including tetralogy of fallow, right, including double outlet right ventricle. Like, although it is rare with interruption or coarctation of the aorta, it may be associated with AV septal defect, pulmonary stenosis, coarctation. Mm. So any combination can happen. In those patients, majority of the time, the dominant lesion will be dependent on the size of ventricles and the integrity of aortic and the pulmonary valves mm -hmm. as well as inlet valves. So those three components will determine patient's symptoms and also patient's need for medical attention. Mm -hmm. If we think of complex association, then we should also bear in mind isomerism. Mm -hmm. The AV defect can occur in heterotaxy syndrome. So simple straightforward AV septal defect. Antenatally you expect it to be picked up mm -hmm. and baby should come to a neonatologist and pediatrician with diagnosis made. Mm -hmm. But if life was so easy then there wouldn't be a reason for us to do recording would be. Mm. Yeah <laughs> exactly. So these patients believe or not um, are picked between 30 and 75 percent of the time with screening programs mm -hmm. um, by sonographers or obstetricians as the population screening uh, at 20 weeks. Mm -hmm. So the remaining patients up to 70%, sometimes 65% may be missed and they may just pop out one night when you're on call mm -hmm. uh, or when you're, um, when you're on service. Mm -hmm. And what would be the main scenario? For these patients when they are in the delivery room or um, perhaps um, a few hours after baby settled mm. or the next day within the first few days what sort of symptoms do you expect in these babies cyanosis yeah would they be cyanosis wouldn't it, it would be cyanosis wouldn't they? yeah okay it would be cyanosis because shunt would be bidirectional mm. shunt would be um um, left to right and right to left in the first few days mm. and the saturation in these babies may be as high as 95 percent mm. it may they may escape attention but usually saturation in low 90s mm. in these babies if they have down syndrome or trisomy 21 they do tend to have more um cyanosis what's the reason for that oh god is it something to do with their airways yeah, probably because they do have trickier airways than than uh, big than, tongue. Yeah. What else? A short neck. Yeah. Um, Laryngeal problems hmm. and bronchial problems. They do tend to have upper respiratory and lower respiratory problems. Downstream patients. Hence, elevated PVR would lead to uh, more cyanosis in these babies. Yeah. So, because PVR pulmonary vascular resistance is high in these babies within the first you know few days sometime first week of life shunt from left to right would not be obvious mm. once like in vsd and other scenarios once the pulmonary vascular resistance drops 
and the shunt will become predominantly left to right. Yeah. Because LV pressure will be high and so on. But remember, VSD, if the VSD is big, pressures will be equal. Yeah. yeah. So therefore, right ventricle will be, will be subjected to systemic pressure. Mm -hmm. Those babies present with feeding difficulty. That's my, my um, contribution to this teaching. Mm -hmm. What about second symptom you expect from these babies, like in any left to right shunt? So breathlessness? Wonderful mm -hmm. breathlessness. How would it be evident in a um, in an infant or neonate? Uh, well, I mean, I, I suppose it leads into difficulty feeding. But, Excellent. Difficulty um, feeding. Yeah. Take well, a longer time to finish the bottle. Yeah. And resting a lot after a couple of suckling. Mm -hmm. And what else? When you look at the baby? I mean, they would look obviously breathless with use of accessory muscles. Excellent. Yeah, grunting, nasal flaring, um, tracheal tug, subcostal recessions, head bobbing. Fantastic. So all these teaching we have done, you retain it. I retained it, it yes. <laughs> Fantastic. So all these things you expect gradually to come about. Mm -hmm. And when these symptoms are present, of course, the diagnosis will be obvious. Mm -hmm. But in some babies, PVR is still high, shunt is not that much, baby would would have tinge of cyanosis, and you may not be able to notice it unless you measure the saturation, percutaneous oxygen saturation. Say baby is symptomatic, came to you, and um, you looked at the baby, uh, you excluded any associated coarctation, pulses are perfect, um, and uh, you don't you don't expect any um, other problems because baby doesn't have distinctive feature so child doesn't have such thing and you would be puzzled so you would think of in a breathless baby four conditions we said didn't we? Mm. one is left to right shunt mm -hmm. and the second is left-sided obstructions <laughs> yeah and the third one we said primary myocardial problems cardiomyopathies and uh, myocarditis myocardial infarction so on Mm -hmm. or anomalous left coronary artery and the fourth condition is total anomalous pulmonary venous drainage mm. with obstruction mm -hmm. and then we have also four causes of cyanosis tell me one of them most common causes of cyanosis in newborn babies um, or infants tetralogy of phallus wonderful tetralogy yeah. and transposition mm -hmm. and the third one common mixing common mixing so we putting everything together in one cup, mm -hmm. um, in one name, like mitrotresia, tricuspidotresia, single ventricle, double inlet left ventricle, as mm -hmm. common mixing. Mm -hmm. And the fourth condition, total anomalous pulmonary venous drainage, yeah. and um, uh, without obstruction. Mm -hmm. So in this baby, you've got to entertain all these possibilities. If baby has trisomy 21, of course, you'll be leaning towards aviceptal effects. Yeah. But remember, those patients may have just BSD, mm. or half of them may have something else, um, not just AV septal defect, mm. but may have prime BSD. Yeah. So don't jump to confusion straight away. Now, do you expect chest will be preactive and hyperdynamic in these AV septal defect patients? Yeah, yes. I would expect so. Yeah. Absolutely. Pulses. And bounding. Bounding. Wonderful. And um, now you've done everything, you check the saturation, you're going to listen now, you're mm. dying to 
put your stethoscope yeah. on the chest. So what do you expect to hear? So, so a systolic murmur. Absolutely. <laughs> so legion valves would give pan-systolic murmur yeah. of left or right inlet valve regurgitation. Oh. Yeah. If it is mitral regurgitation as uh, dominating, then you would you would hear it in the apex, mm -hmm. radiating to axilla. If the tricuspid valve regurgitation is dominating, then you would hear that murmur in the tricuspid valve area. Mm. Um, as a result of increased flow coming back from the lungs, you may also hear diastolic, what we call it, rumble. Rumble, yeah. Yeah. How about second heart sound? Do you have a split second heart sound, particularly if you've got... Yeah, yeah. Um, due to what? Due, due to um, increased pulmonary pressures. Prolonged ejection time of mm. the right ventricle, therefore delayed um, closure of pulmonary yeah. valve. And um, what else? could account for this if they got into pphn is that what you're trying to yes if to? they develop something mm. like that mm. um they might have loud second heart sound mm. especially the pulmonary component mm -hmm. so it would be loud mm. um, these patients also have um, usually prolonged pr interval mm -hmm. um, as a result of abnormally um, positioned av node mm -hmm and the uh, dilated right atrium and so on. Mm. Um, so you listen to baby, has pan-systolic murmur, second heart sound is loud. Um, now uh, you're almost certain that this patient is going to have a septal defect. Mm -hmm. And patient also has trisomy 21. Now you want to satisfy your academic interest. Mm -hmm. You're going to request Chest X-ray, ECG, and what would you like to see on the chest X-ray? So let's see, chest X-ray. Um, would you get uh, you'd get an enlarged? Would you get a um, both sides of the heart being enlarged yeah, in this case because both yes. are under strain? Yes. So both ventricles would be enlarged, mm. and um, and also uh, atrium would be big, mm. um, and pulmonary plethora. Yeah, you'd expect a pulmonary yes. plethora as well. And now we define pulmonary plethora. Just recap. Yeah, so the, uh, so you'd get um, increased vascular markings. Good. Um, and also um, pulmonary, main pulmonary artery branch would be dilated. Yeah. Pulmonary conus would be prominent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about the um, the vascularity in the lung fields? So you split lung fields into three vertical sections. Yeah. So normally. Vascularity does not extend beyond the um, one beyond third two thirds. Beyond two thirds. Wonderful. But in this case, you'd get vascularity all the way to the outer edges. Wonderful. Yeah. Excellent. So just by pure luck, you also noted vascularity has gone up, upper zones as well. Mm. Sort of. Yeah. What do you call that? Reindeer. Reindeer. Horns. Antlers, yeah. Antlers, yes, <laughs> antler signs. So, what does that indicate? This patient has also what? Venous congestion? Pulmonary venous congestion. Yeah. So, it means that this patient is in dire straits. Mm. Dire straits. Um, and uh, there is also pulmonary venous congestion. The patient is developing pulmonary hypertension. Mm. Yeah. So, hence, you would be more worried about these patients. If the chest, uh, heart is big, pulmonary plethora, then clearly this is due to high flow mm. um, then ecg um, you're looking at ecg what would you like to see 
So, I mean, you've already mentioned the prolonged PR interval, um, but you'd probably also see, I was going to say, bilateral enlargement, wouldn't you? So you'd get really tall QRS complexes throughout, I suppose. Yeah. Because every aspect yeah. of the, yeah. across Bilat- all the lateral... Biventricular hypertrophy. Yeah. What else? Um, what about axis? It's classic, classic example of dot, dot, dot axis deviation. Oh, really? Relates to this. Is it right axis A or B, left axis deviation with C, or what we call it um, superior axis? Overall, would it be more left axis? Excellent. Yes. Excellent. This is one of the five conditions that you would get left axis deviation. Hmm. So, but this is most common cause of left axis deviation. Hmm. And if patient has also trisome 21, and almost certain baby will have. Um, aviceptal defect and that left axis deviation due to abnormally placed AV node. Mm-hmm. AV node is an anterior structure and in uh, Down syndrome patients or trisomy 21 or aviceptal defect patients rather it becomes a posterior structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got the ECG you can't make the diagnosis without disturbing cardiologists would you? No. no. I mean look at Look at you, you've been dealing with this patient so many <laughs> minutes and hours. Mm. And cardiologists need to come and just give blessing. <laughs> um, an echocardiogram uh, will make the definite diagnosis. And uh, it will show, what would it show? Well, I assume it would show... Um, common yeah, the, inlet valve. Exactly. Wonderful. Yeah. Common inlet valve. And it would show, what else? Your primer your leak your leak yeah yeah exactly. leaky valves mm-hmm. leaky left or right inlet valves mm-hmm. and um and nourished left ventricle or right ventricle mm-hmm. and the shunt across asd shunt across vsd and the duration of it yeah and you would also be able to exclude any associated problems yeah like unbalanced ventricles a small sized right or left chambers small sizes sized left or right inlet valves or presence of pulmonary stenosis, presence of aortic stenosis, presence of aortic coarctation, presence of um, double outlet right ventricle, and so on. Yeah. So if it is straightforward, if it's septal defect, balanced inflows, balanced ventricles, you can give good news to the family that total correction is possible. Yeah. So that's what echocardiogram does. It just puts the stamp on the <laughs> diagnosis. Yeah. Uh, and uh, helps everyone and give the best counseling to the family. Mm -hmm. And thank you for listening to this podcast and thank you to Professor Orhan Uzun for taking time out of his busy schedule to talk to us about this. Join us again next week where we'll be going on to our very final episode on this left to right shunt and completing the discussion about atrioventricular septal defects. Thank you for listening to Dragon Bites.